Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on O-Face Wrestling. This is your host, JT, and today I'm joined by co-host Brianna, and we are joined by the Immaculate Threat, Nevaeh Chantel. So thanks for joining us today, Nevaeh. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So um, I know that I had you on the show like back in September in like a quick like three-minute in-person interview, so now we get more of a full in-depth interview with you to learn a little bit more. So I'm really excited because I really enjoyed that interview, and I wanted to learn more, but obviously I didn't want to hold you up before your match and, you know, the event and all that kind of stuff, so let's get to it. So, Brian, did you want to start first? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I don't think we've actually kind of formally met, but I'm Brianna. I'm co-host for Oakface Wrestling. It's nice to meet you. Um, thank you. Um, so I think, obviously, you know, we won't, we'll try not to do too much of the generic questions of, like, how'd you get into wrestling and who your favorite wrestler is. I mean, it's probably, you probably answered that question a billion times by now. But um, hopefully we'll have more kind of in-depth questions. And I think one of my more in-depth questions is, um, while we may know how you may have gotten into wrestling, um, you know, you're now in it. So um, has your perception of that environment changed in any way? Like, um, have things been kind of how you expected them to be or has things been or have things been different than what you thought they would be like? Well, wrestling is definitely way different than what I thought it was going to be. More mm-hmm. um, the business aspect of it you know, how to handle bookings, how to handle, you know, your personal brand as a wrestler, politics. Like, you hear about these things, but once you're in the business, that's when you get a full concept of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a lot. Like, when I first got into wrestling, I thought this was going to be a breeze. All I got to do is learn how to wrestle, try to get over, you know, but it's way more than just being a good wrestler and trying to get over. You have to know the right people. You have to make sure promoters like you just to get your opportunity to shine. Yeah, definitely. And what has been, like, what has your experience been like promoting yourself? So um, do, you, do you use a lot of social media? Are you able to have t-shirt, T-shirts and such made? Um, you know, do you have people who, you know, you – asked to kind of promote you or is it more organic as it's coming from you oh uh, definitely a mixture uh i definitely use social media mm-hmm. um i found like i use like the facebook groups to try to like promote my stuff i've used uh twitter of course i have merchandise um but what i found interesting is interacting with other wrestlers mm-hmm. has definitely helped me grow because you know once they retweet me and then I introduced myself to another wrestler, and they're like, oh, I have an opportunity. It's like the networking, definitely, right. I've learned, um, can help me out a lot and just make my name a little bit more out there. Makes sense. So you mentioned, like, you know, connecting with other wrestlers and helping, you know, having them help you, like, get your name out there and stuff like that. Like, what about, like, the fans? Do you feel, like, how big of a role do you feel like the fans can be? Because obviously if a fan really likes a wrestler, they'll tweet about them, post about them, share, you know, take a picture of the merchandise they just bought and post it. So, like, how big of a role do you feel like the fans also play in helping you out? A huge role because their demand gives you another opportunity. If If a fan really wants to see you wrestle, they will post it everywhere and a promoter will notice that and that helps you get an opportunity just as much as like the backstage politics of being liked helps you 
the fans still have to want to see you because that promoter wants to make money. You know? Yeah. Exactly, because if the promoter knows that, you know, a specific wrestler is going to draw on a crowd, people will come. I mean, like me and my wife, we traveled to the – um to new jersey you know plenty of times to see specific wrestlers we're traveling to tennessee next month to see some certain wrestlers like you know people will travel like from state to state you know to meet these wrestlers and it helps the bookers out a lot too and they you know they get the you know the sales from the tickets and then they might and then you know when a fan goes there for that wrestler if they really like what that promotion offers they might continue to go back so yeah i can definitely say that you know it works out So now my question for you, and it's kind of uh, kind of similar about like fans and all that. So um, being a wrestler, you know, you obviously have fans and, you know, how does it feel knowing that like people will travel to watch you wrestle? People will buy merchandise that say your name on it. Like you're like kind of like a celebrity kind of feel. Like it's weird because growing up, I was a wrestling fan. I was going buying the merch. So it's weird to now see people buy my shirts and, you know, and like I had a one girl like right on my page, I'm making you a sign. It's like, you're making me a sign. Like I, it wasn't like, I was a kid who was making signs for wrestlers and going to events. So it's, it's such a weird, like mind thing. Like, it's so weird to think that people are now doing that for me. I haven't really fully like grasped it yet. Like, yeah, I could just, like, imagine, because, like, I'm, like, thinking about, like, bringing out, like, shirts on, like, pro wrestling tees for O-Face, I'm, but I'm also thinking, like, are people going to want to buy it? So, like, when that time comes, if people start buying them, like, wow, like, people actually want to buy, like, stuff that says, like, my brand on it, like, like, that has to be a great feeling, and, like, uh, speaking of that, like, I've been wanting to actually buy one of your shirts. I think the last, I, I don't think you've had, like, a really a merch table, the previous times that I've been I don't think I, you know what I don't think I did because yeah, I just I, got my stuff in yeah I remember I bought an 8 by 10 from you you had to like go run in and go get it or something like that but I was like I, I right, did right. I was looking out and hoping that you would have a t-shirt I love buying the merch in person but um if not next time then I'll definitely buy one online okay definitely guys this award should be coming back so definitely yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because I know they had posted something recently. I know they have uh, an event coming up soon with the men, and it has, like, two goddesses matches, I believe. But um, they did tease a goddess award. And one of them will be featuring me. I think you're – I think you've been, like, every one, so it's like you're definitely one of the regulars, and I'd always expect to see you there. <laughs> yeah, um, this is actually my fir- first Titan show. Like, I'm a regular for Goddesses of War. I've never wrestled on the main Titan brand. So April 17th, I'll be making, like, my debut on the main Titan brand. Uh, so. That's dope. That's really great. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. And I think that's the same exact day I'm going to an event in Tennessee, so I won't be able to make it. But, yeah, I'll definitely – me and my wife plan on definitely being at the next Goddesses event. Right. We haven't got that deep yet. So once that date comes, you know, that'll be all over my social media. Of course. Yeah, I'll definitely be looking out for it. So, Brianna, you're up next. So I remember, I, you know, I think if you look at a lot of people's backstory on, like, how they got into wrestling, they'll always say that, you know, they they watched, like, an episode of 
like Raw or SmackDown or, you know, something was on TV at all, pay-per-view. Um, but I think I read somewhere that you actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't start out in sports. Like, you didn't play any sports. No, not at all. Wow. So, like, what what's, what um, started, because that's a very athletic sport, um, wrestling, you know, even in its college, it's very, even at the college level, sorry, it's very um, athletic. So, like, what got you from, like, not doing sports at all to going and doing um, professional wrestling? My love for, like, my love for wrestling. That it. I had to, when I started wrestling training, that's what had to switch me to make, becoming an athlete and be starting to work out and weight lift and being in the gym a lot. That's like, and actually it ended up being therapeutic for me as well. Hmm. So for me, it was hard because like I said, growing up, besides maybe like playing basketball at the park or playing soccer at the park, I wasn't in any high school or collegiate you know, sports. So it was definitely a hard adjustment because I'm in, rest, in wrestling school with all these people who have done track and have done all these sports. So for me, it was just a hard adjustment. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel insecure because it wasn't secondhand. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it, it's not um, unheard of that, you know, people who play sports and, you know, went into this line of business because, again, it's very athletic. But, you know, it, it does speak a lot to you. If you didn't start out doing any, like, you know, high school sports or sports really in general to, you know, really making a name for yourself, you know, in the scene of wrestling, um, that's really something to not take lightly is that a lot of people can't do that a lot of people really just can't do it so um yeah congrats um and then also um i had a follow-up question but now my computer's acting up so i just take it to jt you want to ask a question yes that's why you don't rely on technology brianna that's why i don't paper like i do yeah he writes all his stuff on paper and you know i used to do that until i was like oh i could just you know use a computer and like every single time i do it it always messes up when we get on a, we do a podcast. <laughs> See, that's how I feel about my, like, I like writing things down on paper, but mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, what if I want, I don't want to carry all this on the road, like, on the road with me, so I just got to use my notes on my phone, but then if your phone's low on battery and stuff, and you can't, it's a mess. <laughs> I feel you, girl, though, on that. Yeah, like, I know a lot of my friends use, like, the calendars on their phone to, like, mark events and all. I tried doing it, but I like having the the big calendar on my desk and just writing everything, like, having everything out there. I mean, I know it's convenient having it all on one on, like, a little phone or computer, but it's just, I'm Oh, no, my events, my events I write down on in a planner. I have to write it down because I have to make sure everything is organized. And I feel like you can't really do that on your phone calendar the way you can do it on a planner. Yeah, that too is just like that. There, there's nothing compared to doing it like the old school way with you know most things. So now my question that I have for you, and I know um I've seen you post a lot about them, and I've seen a lot of other wrestlers in the New York, New Jersey area post a lot about them. So tell me a little bit about Monster Factory. Like it seems I hear a lot of good things about them. I know it's a training facility, I believe, and they also do like live events. If I'm not mistaken. Right. So the Monster Factory is based out of Paulsboro, New Jersey. Danny Cage runs it. Um, He's the head coach. People like Matt Riddle, Damian Priest, um, 
10 from AW. They all train down there. Um, we do events twice a month. And it's a, it's a school that basically wants to teach you all aspects of wrestling and is very strict on the fundamentals of wrestling and really believe that the fundamentals can get you to the big leagues. Yeah, I really like that because I, I've heard a lot of like, you know, horror stories about some training schools kind of like holding people back and stuff like that. But uh, I like hearing that, you know, there are schools out there that try to train you like everything to get you ready for like, you know, the big leagues, like the television and stuff like that, because you could be a really good wrestler. But then when you go into like something that's televised, you have to learn like the camera angles and just like how to right. here and pose there and stuff like that. Like it's like it's like kind of like making a movie in a way. So I get on. So I, I do like hearing that there are schools that do focus heavy on that kind of stuff too. Yeah, because in training, we wrestle like we do our training matches to a camera to teach us hard camp. So and you know you hear stories like I think I heard from Drew McIntyre. He didn't know what a hard camp was when he got to TV. And like at our school, they don't want that to happen. I've heard people mention that, but I don't even know what a hard camp is. So can you educate me on yeah, that? Yeah. If you're at an indie show, it's that weird camera that you just like, what is that weird tripod that's in like a weird area? Because I've noticed that when I'm at live events, I'm like, what is like, what is that? Well, not as a wrestler, of course, I know that's a hard cam, but when you're just a fan, like you might not really pick it up that that's the camera. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I hear people talk about that. I was like, well, what the heck is a hard cam? I was always kind of embarrassed right. to ask, but you know, you got to learn sometime. I thought it was like those cameras that if you watch AEW, they'll sit like on the on the pole where like the ropes connect. No, that's the roaming. That's one of the roaming cams. Like there's oh. roaming cams, and then there's people like there's ringside cams. There, oh god, we can have a whole podcast based on camera angles for wrestling. That's because awesome. There's so many, yeah, there's usually, so many different ways. Usually, when I go to a lot of the goddesses events, there's like three or four people like kind of like roaming around the ring recording and stuff like that i'm like holy smokes like they, they really like yeah know. they do a lot of good production for their uh cameras for their shows when they post it online like you get really good quality yeah i've never i i i've never seen any of their stuff on live or anything like that on like the cameras and stuff like that like on online and stuff like that but yeah i can imagine how good it looks with all those different angles they get yeah, so I have a, a follow-up to JT's question because you had mentioned something that kind of sparked my interest a bit because you said that, um, you know, certain you hear certain horror stories about training schools. Obviously, the one that you've been through, um, obviously, they're good and they're, they're, you know, they're not trying to hold you back. But, like, why would you – hi. Why <laughs> Sorry, you, lurking. <laughs> why would you think that um, – I guess, and I'm asking this for both of your opinions, but, like, why would you think a wrestling school would want to hold, you know, wrestlers back, indie or not? Um, even um, that, that it helps the school, doesn't it? If you get big? It does, but also, you got to think about it. We're also wrestling on their show for free because that's our home fed. So you're not getting money from your home fed. So you got a, basically a free start. So if you think about it, if you think of my wrestling school, the Monster Factory, um, if you think about the New Jersey scene, the main three girls, like a lot of the girls that's on the scene right now, half the girls are from my school. That's myself, Vicious Vicky, and the Notorious Mimi. So think about it. If we 
aren't available for that show or in Gabby Ortiz. So if you think about it, that's our women's division. If we're all booked somewhere else, he has no girls, you know, that can maybe want, that might can deter a school, be like, oh, wow, three, I have four of the hottest girls on the scene, but I can't use them right now, mm-hmm. you know? And also I have four of the hottest girls on the scene for free. That's true. So yeah, maybe that's the monopoly that they can hold at that school is, is being able to have you there to do those live shows. Right. I think that so that's it, why. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I get it. You know, you want to hold that monopoly because that's how, you know, obviously puts, bread, you know, food on the table. But I would think that, you know, that would also bring more people, I guess, to come to the school and, you know, right. more people leaving and they're going, but they're leaving, but they're going to like WWE, they're going to Impact. They're still right. aim for the school that they left from. So then more people would be like, oh, you know, this person with the Impact, this person went to the NXT, so I want to go to the school. But if you right. didn't hear that people are actively holding you back, that would be like, well, you know, maybe I'll make an impact, but maybe I won't because they won't let me leave. I just think it's interesting that's kind of mentality behind Well, what I notice, what I notice is like, the it's the rate of creating a new star and your old star leaving that has to happen in a really quick way. You have to, so if you have maybe two stars that about to get signed with Impact, you need to have two stars ready to replace them at the end. For a lot of promotions, that's what they feel like. They feel like they have to have another person, right? Then, especially wrestling schools who run Indies. So, yeah. like like a Monster Factory. If you if two people get signed, especially if they're the top two people at that promotion, you got to have a star ready to bring the tickets in. And that, would, that can deter any wrestling school for one to put you in for a tryout because they feel like damn, I'm going to lose money once this person's gone. Yeah. And also for the wrestler, they feel like, there's no guarantee I'm going to get signed, but I just want to at least get seen. So it's it's such a weird monopoly on that. It's such a weird thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's just, like, crazy, because I never knew, like, you work for free. Like, I've heard, like, stories that, like, the pay might be little, but, you know, you're still getting something. Well, you're wrestling school. From your for your wrestling school, you work. Most people work for free. I know some wrestling schools they do pay their students. Mine doesn't. Um, but I do know, like I think, certain schools you get, you get like a small payday. But I don't get paid for Monster Factory shows. So like um, when it comes to Monster Factory, because my one friend actually she wrestles for MCW and she trained there before then. So her when her training was done is when she got put on the shows and she gets paid. So for Monster Factory, are you still like technically like training in the school or are you done? Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. So technically you still train. It's a lifetime membership. Like he doesn't have like a graduation date. Um so we, we still train even though we're on the shows. Because okay. Yeah, but also that's a different, like, you know, Monster Factory is, isn't, like, a big indie compared to maybe, like, a GCW or, like, a, one of those big names. So maybe, because I know, like, a lot of those bigger companies, they do pay, when they have wrestling schools, they do graduate you and they get paid. But, like, my school is still active school. Uh, yeah. 
Does Mac, uh, Monster Factor, do they still kind of like treat their events like a regular indie event where there's like merch tables and stuff like that? So you still can get an opportunity to get some kind of revenue and all? Well, we don't sell merch at our school. We, we can't sell merch. Oh, you can't sell merch? Okay. Oh, yeah. um, that, that's a bummer then because I know that can be like a really big, you know, um, like payday for the wrestlers. Um, the one wrestler right. um, me and Brianna interviewed, he explained it kind of as like waiting tables, like the, you know, the company might not pay you a lot, but then you get a lot of the profit from, you know, like your eight bucks uh-huh. t-shirts and stuff like that. I noticed that even like at goddesses, like you can make, you can make like a, or have your rate, but then like what you make in merch is like, whoa, especially like one of those, um, when you have a, like a Titan who has a fan base who's very loyal to that company, they will spend so much money on merch. It's ridiculous. You'll work, you'll leave with triple your rate. And you'd be like, oh, okay, this was a good payday. Yeah, like um, my wife and I, we always go to Holiday's table and we spend probably like 30 to 40 bucks each. So it's like, you know, the, the amount of money, like, you know, people like her make has just got to be like crazy. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. She has so much options. Yeah, she has pins, um, little bundle packages, T-shirts, stickers, 8x10s, 5x10s. Like, yeah, it's like it's hard not to want to buy it. Like if you know, when you're a really big fan, you see something you don't have, like I gotta have it, you know? Yeah. I feel about a lot of wrestlers. There's a few that um, don't have merch right now. It's like feeling like tearing my hair out. So like, I really want to buy like one of your shirts. <laughs> I see that um, you know, you've had a few matches throughout, you know, your time wrestling starting back from like 2019, but like out of, all of the matches that you've had, um, you know, if you were to rate them from, like, I won't do one to five. Let's do, like, one to three, with one being, like, your favorite and three being kind of, like, you know, I guess least favorite. Um, I'm sure you've not had bad matches, but, like, um, or how you would perceive bad matches, but, like, what was your all-time favorite one and why? Uh, my favorite match, I wouldn't say it was my best match, but it is definitely my favorite match. That was a uh, Mother Endless in a False Count Anywhere match. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, like, just because, like, growing up, that was my thing. I used to love hardcore matches and, mm-hmm. like, the hardcore title being defended everywhere. And so that was cool. Um, and it was also, like, the... Original plans for the match were a little bit more elaborate, but the rain kind of made us condense it, and I still like feel like still feel we told a good story. Okay. So that was um, my second favorite match was recent. I can't really go into details. I wish I could because it's a taped match for the taping. Gotcha. Um, but it was against Masha Slamanovich. That's coming um, to the internet soon. I don't know when. So that was a dope match. Um, and third, hmm, my, probably my title match against Gabby Ortiz. It was my first title match, and it was at it was my Monster Factory. Um, it was my school, so it was the first time I ever challenged for my school title. That was pretty. That was meaningful. So like I said, they were the three most meaningful matches to me. Most meaningful. Why was the last one um, meaningful? That the last was it because it was a title. It was yeah. Um, it was my first title match. Gotcha. And you said the first one was special. Um, like your all-time favorite one was your favorite. Cause why? 
because of the false count anywhere stipulation. So it was hardcore, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then I guess for the second one, we'll just find out when it drops on the internet, and then we right. talk about <laughs> Yeah. That one, it was because I wrestled someone that, like, I has thought was dope for years. Gotcha. So, yeah. So I have to ask, too, like, you had mentioned, you know, your favorite match was with Mother Endless Ode. Is it intimidating in any type of way wrestling someone with, like, a character like her is, like, very dark and demonic? Like, does it kind of spook you out a little bit being in a ring with someone like that? No. <laughs> no. Um, her, I think for me, because growing up, I was always into, like, like dark type of stuff. I wear dark, like, I don't want to say I'm gothic, but I have, like, a dark, when I dress, like, I dress dark. I like dark lipstick. I, like, a lot of people don't know that about me. Like, I listen to metal music. Like, I have, like, that dark side to me. So her character is always intriguing to me. And I feel like me and her also have really good chemistry. So it's interesting, like, the dynamics because I'm not intimidated by her. But she goes extra because she knows I'm not intimidated by her. So she feels like she has to be even more crazy. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's cool. It's and I that's why I love working with her. It's awesome. Yeah, I've been um she's been on my radar for like a minute now to come to the show, but I've been kind of intimidated because I know someone like her is gonna stay in character during the interview. And I I've done it with Anastasia, Morningstar, and Scarlet. And it just like it was fun, but it was just also kind of like it's intimidating to, to try to do an interview with someone with like that kind of character because it, it's kind of, it's hard to like have a conversation and the like kind of the ask, you know, cause you can't ask questions that are non like character related, stuff like that. Cause then they, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, right. it's tough, but I, I can just imagine wrestling someone like that. I would be scared to death. Like, even though, you know, behind the stage, you're a cool person and all that, just you're getting right. in them acting like really dumb. But you still want to wrestle. Yeah, right. You still want to respect the, the integrity of the character. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think uh, when I wrestled her for We Want Wrestling, we had our feet. It built. So, like, even though I wasn't intimidated with her, her like, her, her creepiness, and she had to be a little bit more crazy, and she cheated, and, like, I got frustrated. It's like, I'm not scared of you, but I have to now come after you even more you have to get more crazier and it just build and build and build and we did a, like a kindle i think we did a kindle stick on a pole match one time and like i don't know i think just working with her is fun because it makes me go out of my head a little bit and just have fun and and i don't know just not treat it so serious sometimes and i know sometimes i can treat this serious mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping now that like Goddesses does that match because I really want to see you and her in the ring. I think that would be fun. The especially knowing the chemistry is there, you know. At you know we got to at them and say like monster fat yeah mother endless versus uh Nevaeh Chantel. I'll do that right after this recording. You know, I I won't forget. I promise. Um, you also mentioned that. Um, what kind of, what bands do you currently listen to or used to listen to? So right now I'm listening to, there's an indie girl. Her name is Lilith Vindictive. She's a metal singer from the UK. Mm -hmm. And I really want her, right now I'm like, I'm listening to all her stuff. I'm a, like obsessed with her. Um, I listen to Icon for Hire. I listen to a lot of, like right now more to rock. Uh -huh. um, 
So Icon for Hire, um, Grandson, um, a lot. can't think of everybody right now. Because it's like a mix. I have a very mixed music taste. It makes sense. I mean, I used to, I, well, I still do. I still kind of listen to like the, the early mid 2000s. Um, like rock. the Charlotte. And <laughs> yeah. Well, it was more of, um, so I used to be super in the like Slipknot and the used and um, Evanescence, obviously, because like that was like the big, yes. you know, rock metal woman lady at the time band. Um, and I used to listen to, I still listen to, um, Seven Dust. I really like them. Um, cause I saw them actually at Carolina Rebellion. They used to do like this huge, um, show out in Charlotte, North Carolina, where they just brought all the metal acts together and like, you get to see them all on stage for like a couple days. Um, I used to listen to, um, Alice in Chains, like all those like old bands. So yeah. I so, really like, <laughs> so, like, I used to, like, around that time, I used to, like, like, stand, um, they're not real, I don't want to even call them, like, fully metal, but I mm. used to go with, like, Three Doors Down, Horn, Saliva, um, like, around that time, and I still listen to them to this day. Yeah, I used yeah. to, like, in Corn. definitely, I used to be a Corn fan, I don't really, if they released anything recently i haven't really listened to it yeah um, i haven't either you know shine down um good charlotte you know i think good charlotte's no longer good charlotte anymore i think they're banned i think they have a new or their lead singer made a new band but like the actual band has been disbanded but yeah um i haven't really listened to a lot because again a lot of these bands like good charlotte kind of all kind of dissipated their lead singer would go and do like something else I used to be a huge breaking fan like huge i've seen them live once they're fantastic so they really are like back when ben was like and i hate saying this and god forgive me but when he was like still smoking <laughs> like i can't even, i can't even figure out what it was but like it hit 10 times better i just don't know what happened but yeah yeah, I feel like I'm stuck in, like, the mid-2000s as well with music. Um, I, I've seen Three Doors Down twice live. I love them. Um, I, I, I went through a lot, of, a lot of different phases in high school where I would, you know, be really into hard rock and then, you know, emo and then um, heavy metal. Like, I, I went through my, like, Atreyu and All That Remains kind of phase, Bullet for My Valentine. Um, and, of course, I liked my, like, Hawthorne Heights, um, Sugar Coal, um, Story of the Year, Blink-182, stuff like that. So... And I still listen to like all that same stuff. I, if other than like Blink One Eighty Two, I really don't listen to any new stuff if they do have any of it. Yeah. I feel like, so a lot of these bands I was introduced to through wrestling. <laughs> so like the Papa Roaches and like a lot of them, like Fall um, Fallout Boy, like a lot of bands I was introduced to through wrestling. Yeah, I remember Ember Moon on the Indies. She had Centuries from Fall Out Boy as her theme song. That was the first time I ever heard that song. And yeah, I got into Alter Bridge because of Edge. Yeah. This, this um, thing, and I like, and then my now fiance like, listens to, um, or has like a bunch of their CDs, and that's like, that's how I got. So yeah, I can see how like getting into these bands came from wrestling, because a lot of them 
that was like their scene. I would be like, you know, how they come out and thank God for the internet. Now we can just kind of look up stuff by lyric and find right. out. I, I, you I listen think... to like the theme song? Um, yeah. You listen to the theme song and then you want to listen to some more of what they got and then you get into them. Yeah, you go down that rabbit hole. It's always always a fun time. <laughs> like I don't know about like AEW, but I think like WWE like makes their own like theme songs now. Um, so it, it's nothing like they don't use like rock music anymore and just like take out the lyrics. You know, they just create their own stuff. Like Bobby Roode's theme as like an example. Like so, it's like they right, don't right. use rock bands. I forgot what their I think it's called like CFO is what. Yeah, CFO. I think they're using someone new now for a couple of their new songs. I think they're using someone new. But even like when they were using CFO, like they were collaborating, like um, when they were using Alistair Black's theme song, I think they collaborated with someone. I think they collaborated with someone for something, I think. Or, um, yeah. I remember because they played his theme song live at one of the NXT takeover. That's a good song, but we, you know, we haven't heard it in a while because Alistair has been MIA for a while. Yeah, man. Yeah, that guy had so much potential. It's just, it's sad. You know, they just never fully utilized him because that guy, like, people were comparing him to The Undertaker. No, Alistair. But, yeah. What's old music? I gotta figure out now what his old music was. <laughs> uh, my wife would laugh because a lot of the times when I'm watching wrestling, I'd be like laying on the floor watching. It. I would like get up like I was coming out of a coffin, like when he would do it, and she would like always like laugh at me. That's but so I, I do like the you know do the entrances and some wrestlers come out. I, I still let the kid out in me when I watch wrestling. That's what it's all about. It's like it's supposed to bring out that pop, you know that pop in you that like you know because it was kind of like how. Royal Rumble 2020, it was, like, when Edge came out, like, seeing my friends, my fiance, like, like, just be super hype about it, like a kid would, that's really a lot of what wrestling still should be, is to tune in so that you don't miss that, that pop, that, like, part of you that kind of is kid-like when something really cool happens. Yeah, I was at a viewing party in New York watching the Royal Rumble and I still had the video on my phone of like just everyone at the bar like popping like crazy when he came out I was just like holy smokes like people are banging on the table yelling <laughs> screaming like it, it was a great moment like and then you know I, I wish that you know I would have you know obviously COVID like when Christian came back I think that would have been a great pop too you know from everyone right. everyone I like were kind of robbed of that like I felt bad for like that Christian return. I feel like if that was, I feel like he would have something very similar to what Edge got. Mm -hmm. and then when the hug happened between him and Edge, I feel like the fans would have even erupted more. But I feel like cold, like the pandemic has robbed us of so much wrestling, good wrestling moments. Yeah, because yeah. the fans make the moments, you know, with their reaction. And like, we were robbed a lot, you know, because of COVID. Like, the fans would have went crazy for Bianca winning and, um, Sasha winning the SmackDown title and just so many other things that's happened in wrestling. It's just not the same with even though the little TV thing is pretty cool. It's just, it's not like, a, it's not a live crowd. Right. Even like Bailey turning on Sasha or Undertaker's final farewell at Survivor Series, like all that type of stuff, I just feel like should have fans. It's those things should. And with, without coat. 
COVID, you know, we would have had Undertaker's final match be in front of a crowd, too. That would have been a good moment. Even though we didn't know that was going to be his last match, you know, but still, like, it would have been nice for his last match to be in front of a crowd. I still feel like he's still going to come back and do one more match. Just know, knowing him and knowing Vince, like, I, I still feel like it's going to happen. Just one like more. He has to find the right opponent for that final match. Yeah, because the one thing that doesn't sit right with me is the fact that he didn't lose his last match. He's very old school, and that's the old school way to go out is to lose to someone. So the fact that he didn't lose makes me feel like he's going to come back and, you know, and, and wrestle someone. I just don't know who. It'll boost I mean, if you think about it, like, it's one thing to be like, oh, well, I'm leaving, and then have a lot of people be, like, upset that, you know, Undertaker's not wrestling anymore, and then he just, like, comes out and actually has his – legit retirement match he's done it like a couple times already I mean, you know yeah he's he, retired i think he retired in the 90s at one point apparently but then you know kept going so he's the undertaker he keeps rising up you know yeah no pun intended but yeah <laughs> um, so briada i, I kind of got lost so is it my turn or your turn um so i asked metal and bands that we liked so i guess that counts as a question okay. so yeah you so I'll, I'll throw out my last and final question so um nevea so in 2021 what is what are some of your top goals like what do you want to accomplish in the business this year my main goal this year is to win a, a title to win my first women's championship i've challenged for a lot of titles um in 29 before the pandemic I, I was challenging for a lot of titles. I didn't win. You know, I won a title um, before the end of this year. I won, a, I won a championship. That's the main goal. Whether it's that guys is a war monster factory, once New York opens, one of the New York promotions I work for, um, I want a championship. And I, I definitely see you getting it. I mean, you're very active. You know, you're a great wrestler. I, I can definitely see you getting that opportunity. Just hopefully it's this year. Um, We'll just have to cross our fingers and see. I think COVID will play a role in how, you know, many promotions are actually being active too. But um, it's, it seems like we're going in the right direction. So I could definitely see that happening. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say, um, you know, along with your goals and what you want to achieve are there like any are there any things that you want to see um continue in the industry or change in the industry um i want to see this year new stars created i feel like the indies have had the same people on top mm -hmm. um and a lot of them are getting signed but not a lot of them are getting replaced like kind of what i was saying earlier um, i feel like the indies is in dire need of new people. We're seeing the same matches over and over again. And it's time for new matchups. It's time for the industry to create new stars. So the stars on top can go and we can have a healthy indie scene. Yeah, because it's, it's like WWE and AEW have been like gobbling up a lot of, you know, your top indie stars, you know, within the last year. And also it's, and it seems like a lot of them are the ones that were, like, rising, too, you know, because, like you said, a lot of the ones that are on top seem to always be on top, and we haven't seen a lot of them, like, jump to WWE. I don't know if it's because, you know, they don't – they just want to stay where they're at or, you know, 
vice versa. But yeah, it's it's definitely you know always good to see you know new stars because there's a lot of great wrestlers out there. It's just more so them just getting known. I agree. Um, also, I would like to see in in on the mainstream wrestling definitely WWE creating new stars as well. Definitely, they have such a. I, I watch NXT every week, and that NXT women's roster is so amazing. Yeah, like. Definitely. Oh my god! Like the, the future of women's wrestling, especially in WWE, is like amazing, and I hope they that they do right by those girls because they have such an amazing and healthy roster of women talent. And um, I think they're like there's no reason for the same people to be on top, especially in women's wrestling in WWE. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with NXT, I, their women's roster is is elite. It is just it's. It's really out of this world, the kind of people that they have employed with them, the type of talent that they have, that it does not make any sense. Honestly, for me personally, it doesn't make any sense for anyone from, you know, Raw or SmackDown to even come on those shows. They don't need it. Like, all the people that are in NXT right now, as long as they continue to build storylines and build characters, they can exist and thrive on their own. They do not need people like Charlotte and Sasha and, um, you know, Shayna. They really just don't. They really don't need it. And that's not a knock on any of those women that I mentioned, but they just don't need to come. Like, they can stay, all these women, they can stand on their own and that women's division is some of the best that I've seen, you know? So I definitely agree with you. Like, they, they can stand on their own. They do not need any help. And also, like, and they don't get as much shine, but they're just as, as an elite, and that's the NXT UK women. Right. I watched Kaylee versus Sakamura, and I was like, oh, my God, this women's match. And it doesn't get us enough praise. I'm like, that match was amazing. That whip that NXT UK women's match was amazing. And it doesn't yeah. get enough credit. I just don't know what it'll take, to be honest, to to get, you know, the women to be um noticed in that way, to get that that shine, that recognition, like, you know, because they have the talent. It's not lack of talent. It's never been lack of talent really. So I just think it's the UK like, I wish I had more time to watch some of their stuff because, like, oh, my God. Some of the things that I've seen in the last two years, some of the best wrestling that I've seen in the last two years as a whole has come from, like, some of the stuff that I watch in, like, NXT UK takeovers, 100%. I just think the issue with that is there's just so much wrestling out there. Like, people are going to, at the end of the day, go – and watch Raw and SmackDown, and then NXT over UK, like, and then you got AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, like, there's just so much, it's hard to even want to make time for some of the other stuff, so I think that's just the bit, there's just too much, um, which I'm not complaining about, but it's hard to keep up with everything. Very saturated. Right. You're just the beast. And it's hard to keep up. So, it like, try to be involved and they can't remember people's names it's like i don't even get too you know upset or offended by that there's so much wrestling like 
The fact that you've seen the NXT UK show, you think it is good, that's great. You're a fan. I'm not going to gatekeep that because there's like 14 different <laughs> promotions. You got to keep a billion storylines. So. so, yeah. <laughs> so, I think that uh, that wraps up our interview. Um, You didn't have any other questions, did you, Brianna? I don't think so. You, you know, oh, I guess the one other one I would ask, because it did piggyback off JT's question was, um, you know, we always hear folks within the NDC and, you know, they want to move up. Um, they always talk about, you know, I want to go to AEW, wrestle this person. I want to go to WWE, wrestle that person. I want to go to NXT, wrestle this person and that person. But, um, you know, is that kind of your end goal in terms of your career or are in, and it is okay to be like, you know, I want to stay in the Indies. That's where I feel more comfortable. And, you know, that's, and see the way that these big promotions make you work so much that you can't see your family, your friends and all that. Like I can understand how someone would be like, you know what? I stay in the Indies because at least I have a life and my life is not tied to being on TV and working 300 of this 365 days. So I guess my question was more of like, do you see yourself staying in the indie scene or do you want to move up? And there's no real right or wrong answer, obviously. I want to, the, the ultimate goal is to get signed, whether it's AEW or WWE. Um, mm. I just want to make sure I am ready and prepared for it, whether sure. that's as a wrestler and as a person. Um, and what I mean by that is I want to make sure my movesets, you know, of course, WWE is going to help you and create your character, help you form a character that they want to use you for mm. and, you know, teach you how to wrestle how they want to. But I want to make sure for me personally, I just want to make sure that I'm completely ready to immerse myself in that culture. What I mean, what I, what I mean by that is WWE. That's not only a full time job; that's a lifestyle. Definitely. You know, so I just want to make sure that I'm fully, mentally and physically prepared for that. Um, but my goal is to be signed one day. Mm -hmm. That's something I will manifest for myself, whether it's WWE or AEW. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, but like I said, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm ready for it and can handle the responsibility of it. Of course. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the mental preparedness is, is that's important. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. What did you say, JT? Oh, I said absolutely. Like, yeah, it, it definitely, you know, the mental aspect of it and all is definitely a big factor. And, a lot of people don't realize that part. I think it's all physical, but, you know, you're sacrificing a lot to be with WWE, like all the traveling and not really spending time with, you know, friends and family and stuff like that. Like it, it takes a toll on you mentally and it's, you know, something that you definitely got to be prepared for. Yeah. Like if you hate not like working at a company in which your lifestyle is your job, I can understand. You have to understand at some point if you end up not liking it, or have you hear these stories about people leaving in the wake and the fallout of like, you know, working for WWE and, you know, Vince was kind of an asshole to me. Or, you know, this person was kind of an asshole to me. That that can ruin your life mentally, emotionally. So, he, like, you know, she said she has to prepare herself. And, like, I'm glad that, you know, that's the answer that I heard because you got to be prepared for that going either way. 
um, and I'm sure even working in indies, that's, some of that is still rings true, but like WWE, I mean, that's, your life is your full-time job, right? And God bless them for doing it for some of them as long as they have, so yeah. Yeah, and it's not like football or baseball where you have an off season. Like it's every week, right. all year. You know, that's that's the crazy thing. Whenever you want them, whenever they want you to come back, like you could have some time off, and it's like, okay, well now I gotta leave my family, I gotta up and leave because they want me to come back, and, and for God knows how long, or for not long at all. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, uh, bless you if that was a sneeze. I don't know if that was a sneeze or call. <laughs> but um yeah thank you uh so much nevea for uh joining us today on O-Face wrestling it was uh really fun interviewing you and learning about like i, I never knew you like you know like the heavy metal stuff and all so that was really fun learning that and all Girl, thank you for having me yeah, yeah. Like ben talked about me coming on here and we just never put the date together yeah because <laughs> like when um i i i've been wanting you on the show for a while because actually i saw one of your matches when um I had interviewed Debria X and she sent me some of her matches and you were her tag team partner and you had like the, the white strip on your hair and it reminded me of the, um, I think Raven was her name from X-Men or Storm, oh. Storm, not Raven. Storm. Oh, when I had silver hair. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's really dope. I got to have her on the show. And then when I had the opportunity to um, interview you in person, I wanted to space it out a little bit, you know, so I could have, you know, more fresh questions to ask you. So I was kind of, kind of waiting for that. And, so yeah, but uh, yeah, we finally got you on the like you know on the show you know versus just like the three minute <laughs> person interview. So that was really fun. Yes, well, thank awesome. you guys for having me. I had fun. No, yeah. no problem at all. So Nevea, do you want to share um, your social media to all the listeners to let them know where to find you at? You guys can follow me on social media, all social platforms at Nevea Chantel. All right, and I'll make sure that I'll put a link in the bio to all you know your social media outlets so everyone can find you. Um, and also everyone who's listening, make sure that you give us a sub on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. We are on there, so make sure you give us a follow on all those social media platforms. And I'll thank you so much for joining on Brianna and I again, um, Nevaeh. Thank you. All right, thank you all for listening. <laughs>